What is up, Lit Lucid Podcast fans? We are happy to have you back for season seven of the show. This season is brought to you by Seed and Smith, an amazing cannabis company located right here in Denver, Colorado. Visit our website, litlucid.com, to learn more about our sponsors and to view our previous episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, be sure to share with a friend and give us a review on your favorite platform. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording live in the studios with Dot Cola Giovanni with Vera Wellness. She is the VP of Product Development and a return guest from episode 29. What's up, Dot? Hey, guys. Thanks. It's good to be back. Absolutely. We're stoked to have you back almost 50 episodes later. Yeah, that's crazy. A year flies. Wow. Yeah, a lot can change in a year. A lot can change. Yeah, so that's why we figured we'd have Dot on the show today. I know last year you guys were just starting your launch in California, so we wanted to touch base and learn a little bit more about that. And then I know you guys have a new exciting CBD line out on the market as well. So we're going to touch base on that. And then Dot, she is so smart, and she's going to tell us all about the science behind the vaping crisis. So I'm really excited to dive into that. Yeah, I think it's it's a couple of relevant topics right now. I know CBD is one of that we just seen the other day is one of the most searched topics. It's even hotter than Kim Kardashian, <laughs> uh, and so it's definitely uh, you know it's becoming on your grandma's uh, medicine cabinet. Uh, so everybody's talking about CBD these days, and um, everybody's going to be talking about reputable CBD products in no time. I know Lucy and I watched a segment last night, maybe on our local news channel, where they did a whole segment on CBD and what's in your CBD and CBD products and. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly uh, surprised and, and I guess happy to hear of Vera launching a special CBD line that we'll hear about later. And um, coming from a reputable company from Vera, uh, like Vera, I think um, it'll help us all live a little more at ease in the, in the CBD realm. Seriously. That's then, what we're hoping for. Yeah. And then the vape crisis, as everybody knows, um, is a topic of our, of our season seven here and something that we always uh, want to keep our consumers and and listeners up to date with. So happy to have Dot on to discuss two two of these uh, main topics. On a snowy night, it's good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, So let's just get started. Why don't you explain to us a little bit about how the launch went in California and a little bit about Mm -hmm. that market and we'll go from there. I will say California has been more challenging than we anticipated. A lot of that has to do with the regulations in the state and how the BCC launched things. In the beginning, they said that you could not do any kind of white labeling for individuals, which got us in a complete tizzy because, yeah, we were working with a company that was doing our manufacturing and they backed out. Mm -hmm. And so we had launched, they backed out, and we really had to look around to find other partners in California. And we're working with a couple of different groups now so that we don't have just one to kind of run into that problem again. That's great. And so, yeah, so we've relaunched in California, and we have our micro-mist sprays there, as well as our topical salves, and that launch is going well. We just got onto a delivery site called True Pharma, and so we're going to be doing a lot of our sales through delivery there, which is really exciting because we can't do that in Colorado yet. Right. So our demographic which is the 30 plus and primarily female kind of geared towards that. They're not in the dispensaries like the younger 
you know, male demographic. Mm -hmm. So for us, delivery is a really good way to reach the consumer. Yeah. More discreet too, especially for the older women. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're finding our people, which is good. That's Yeah. No. And I think that's a big part of exploring your business is absolutely finding your people. Yeah. Cool. Uh, So what else is new in California? I mean, it's a struggle. So did the BCC finally come around and obviously allow uh, white label manufacturing? Yeah. So you actually have to get on someone's license as a financial interest holder. Interesting. So we're now on two different licenses. And with that in place, then you can get through the system, which is a little different than ours. So here you manufacture and then it just goes out to delivery. Mm-hmm. There you manufacture and you have to have a distributor. So we're working with Filigreen in the Bay Area. We've really started our um, our launch in the Bay because oh, okay. there's more municipalities where it's legal and you can get in more shops. Okay. In the South, it's still really kind of a mess besides yeah. LA. So we thought, let's give that time to kind of settle down, let them figure out what's happening down there. And there's still a lot of black market dispensaries that are open down there. Yeah. So we're up in the Bay and um, with our new distribution partner, that's helping us get more access to shops up in the Bay Area. Interesting. Yeah. And that's always something that's it's kind of fun to talk about is the differences in the industries and how they operate. And mm-hmm. it definitely creates a unique challenge for brands to transfer between states because every state's an independent state and makes their own rules, regulations. And, and clearly those rules and regulations aren't based off their neighbors. No, we, we absolutely got caught up in that too in our first manufacturing run because the BCC controls sort of the, the shops and the cultivation piece. Hmm. And the health department there, the California health department controls the manufacturing piece. Interesting. And their regulations do not always jive. So as, and you can't see this on the podcast, but our device is a device where you can give a discrete dose. And so it's a, a, a meter dose sublingual administrator for our micromists. If you want to be considered a tincture, which we are in California, you have to be in a dropper according to the BCC. But according to the health department, you can be in a device that gives you a discrete meter dose. Interesting. So we got caught up in our first batches of manufacture out there where they quarantined all our stuff. Oh my goodness. Because of that discrepancy. So those kind of issues are still not resolved in California and they need to clean up the regs on those kind of issues still. Yeah. So it's more a matter of just probably that the uh, industry is evolving quicker than they can go back and regulate it and and make kind of logical changes i guess yeah they, i think they are going to realize you know it's always sort of that way it was that way it here was five years wasn't ago that with the nasal spray where it yeah. was a weird category it was, it was messy right and you know when you're trying to introduce novel products that are a little bit different they don't necessarily fit in a box you've got to kind of work your way through the processes mm-hmm. and lucy that's exactly what happened with us here in colorado with our nasal spray which we had launched in 2017 we were really excited about that product because it was a first to market nasal spray and we were getting great feedback from migraine sufferers and people with headaches they just loved that product because it was a fast acting yeah. product well about six months into our launch the Colorado Health Department asked us to come in and talk to them because they were concerned about this as a delivery method. Shortly thereafter, they added new rules into statute about categories. So in the state of Colorado, there's three accepted categories. Smokable, which Mm -hmm. is flower and vapes, topical and body products. So um, 
that skin, you know, delivery methods, and then edibles. Nasal sprays and suppositories did not fit into any of those categories. So they put those into what are called audited products, which means the requirements you have to go through are much more involved than to just launch one of those three accepted categories. And for the expense that it takes you to do that, we really just didn't see it justifying because this was a real, the nasal was a really niche product. Yeah. It just didn't really um, warrant us relaunching it here in the state, yeah, unfortunately. Sure. Is there still plans to maybe, you know, later on down the line when it's more of like a nationwide approach to? That's what we're hoping for, yes, is, excuse me, is either start with California and relaunch it there Mm -hmm. and or wait for federal legalization Mm -hmm. and work on that too. Great, yeah. Because, I mean, if um, listeners should go back and and listen to episode 29 where uh, Dot explained, you know, the startup company and who they are. I mean, they have a very reputable background. Um, A lot of them came from the pharmaceutical side and public health. And, um, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of great medical expertise really behind Vera Wellness and their team and, they're doing it the right way. And so these are the types of products that I know millions of individuals are going to want to get their hands on because they can trust them. They're dosed, like you mentioned. Uh, they're produced the right way, you know, in accordance with uh, compliance standards and manufacturing practices. And uh, so, I mean, at some point, the regulators are going to have to look at you guys and say, hey, okay, let's not let's not be so hard on them. Yeah. They're, they're really going the extra mile. To... Sometimes I feel like you're ahead of the curve in yeah. some ways yeah. and it's a, it, it hurts you it because, hurts you know, you're the first ones where like, we have this Too great innovative. product and, yeah. you know, people love it. And then the regulators, you know, it's sort of like what's happening now with, with the vapes and the e-cigarettes as well is the regulators are now realizing we, we didn't really look at these things. Yeah. I mean, our product, you know, we'd been in 3,000 sales with that and had no problems and it was just really well received. So it was a big disappointment for us. Yeah. I think that just proves, proves that um, there's still a ways to go with educating the regulators and, and everybody as far as the products. I mean, there's still folks who think that the only way to consume cannabis is rolling a joint or smoking it, you know, a flower herb form. Yeah. So it's not all bad, but <laughs> not all bad, yeah. there's other options now. Right. Yeah. Are you guys looking at the East Coast at all? Because I know they're a little bit more pharmacy. Yes. So we are in conversations in Massachusetts right nice. now. Great. That would be a great, that's a great market. Great market for us. Yeah. And we're looking at that, that's, especially because my family is a little south of there in Rhode Island. So they always yeah. like it if we're going to work on the East Coast. Yeah. They're happy to see us. Yeah. We've been doing a little bit more work on the East Coast and we've been enjoying it. The folks are a great pleasure out there and it's, a, it's really a different industry, much right. more professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, it feels good they're doing it the right way. And I really mm-hmm. think that even though they were a little bit later to market, um, they're definitely taking the right steps, I think, to develop fair and equitable programs. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing a lot with social equity right yeah. up front. And mm-hmm. they're really thinking about, you know, what does it look like? The states are so small there. The transportation across state lines is a is a big thing. And oh, how absolutely. do they make that happen from Vermont, you know, all the way to New York right. with yeah. being able to, you know, buy retail now? I mean, Massachusetts is leading all that, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Will New York and New Jersey, Pennsylvania finally get on board? Yeah. I think they will, yeah, because they got, what, New Hampshire above them. I think Maine made some moves, I believe. Maine's legalized, yep. Yep. So Vermont's next, and then (laughs) New York, and we're knocking at your door. And then that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and the Pennsylvania will come around. Well, that's exciting, because I do think, like we mentioned, the East Coast would be great. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be good to see what type of... uh, reception you guys get on the east coast with a different set of um eyes and ears on your products yeah one of the things we realized is markets like colorado are really saturated there's a i mean we've got great products here 
but there's a lot of manufacturers here. And the early mover advantage plays well. So if you think back to Colorado, you know, nine years ago, those early players, Mary's Medicinals, you know, Dixie brand, those are really the staple of the Colorado market because they've been here so long. And so newer brands like Vera, it just takes a while to get yeah. yourself established. Whereas if you move to one of those new states and you're in there early, you get well known and then it really helps you drive your sales. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. And I think that's something even now, if somebody's still trying to get in, I don't think it's too late at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even if you started your company in the last couple of years, it's not too late at all. Uh, yeah. Still very prime. Mm -hmm. And um, Lucy and I noticed this when we go to different states, the brands are totally different. I mean, you have right. your mainstays, but really the attention isn't so much on, you know, I'll use some examples like Dixie and stuff. You go to California, mm -hmm. almost non-existent. Right. Um, or there's other local California brands that have, you know, beat them out. Or Oregon, I love or Washington. seeing what local people are doing That's and funny. how they take some interesting twists on things that we haven't thought about. Mm -hmm. There's a really cool brand in California um, called Eel River. Mm -hmm. And they grow outside in the soil along this river. Nice. Oh, wow. And it's just a really unique flavor to their vape carts. So it's kind of a fun product that cool. I think it's just so unique. It's really, really nice. That. Yeah, I hope that's something that never gets lost in the cannabis industries that craft touch yeah. of local markets. And that we support each other. Yeah. Yep. You know, I think that's really what I really enjoy about this industry is there's a lot of support, particularly in the female to female businesses mm -hmm. that you know, people want to see each other succeed yeah. rather than, you know, being so dog eat dog. Right. Yeah. So to, to kind of break out of the, um, the regular cannabis market, you guys are mm -hmm. now expanding into a new market, the CBD market. Yeah. So this was something we just started launching this year, which we're really excited about it. And it was sort of a logical evolution for us as well to kind of move into the CBD space. We took a lot of our core products, so our micromist sprays and our topical salves, and then created versions that are CBD only without the THC in them at all. Okay. So they're great products for states where you know you can't have any THC for individuals that are in the military or they get drug tested, so you don't have to worry that you're gonna test positive. Because we're seeing some individuals that are using what they think are CBD products that probably are a whole, you know, full spectrum kind of product that have a little bit of THC and they pop up positive in drug tests. No. Oh, wow. So ours don't have any THC in them at all. Um, they're a CBD isolate in our micro mists, and that really keeps the active ingredient active without having to worry about the THC, and it helps with our taste masking. Mm -hmm. If you know the cannabinoids, they're really bitter tasting. Mm -hmm. And so the hardest thing to overcome with making sublingual products is the flavor. Yeah. And so we've done, um, I think, a great job with our new line of micromists. We have Ceylon cinnamon, which is spicy like a hot tamale. <laughs> we have our Hawaiian citrus, which is, I was telling um, the guys here that it's more like a cream school kind of flavor. We have a restful sleep, which has vanilla with melatonin. Ooh. We've also, and you can't have that before bed because it will make you sleep. <laughs> um, we have our peppermint from our THC line. And then we also have a mango passion fruit. Mm. That's really a really mild flavor. So if you don't like spicy, that would be the one I'd recommend for you. Yeah. And then we have um, a line of soft gel capsules. And those are a 25 milligram uh, broad spectrum with no THC either, but it's a hemp extract. 
And then we've brought our topical line, the same ones that we have on the THC side. So cedarwood, mm -hmm. lavender vanilla, and our island breeze scents are Those all are now available good. as CBD only. So these are great options for people that live in states that can't get THC containing uh, products. Absolutely. Giving yeah. them the benefits of CBD. So I'm curious, what is the bioavailability of those sprays with the CBD? Or? So these sprays are going to be similar to our THC sprays as well. With the sublingual administration, you're getting a lot more um, directly into the blood because it goes into the lower part of your mouth. It gets absorbed right into the bloodstream, and then it circulates. So compared to taking an edible where you eat it and it gets broken down by the liver and metabolized, this goes directly into the bloodstream. So it starts working similar to our THC products, 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a CBD shift. And I don't know about you guys when you use CBD only. Some people do and some people don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you get that little mental shift. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's about five milligrams. Okay. So we have two strengths for the micromist sprays and the topical salves. We have a regular and an extra strength. And I'm not sure which one this is. This is the extra strength. So each of these sprays is five milligrams. For me, that's per all spray. I take per spray. Okay. That's all I take in the morning. Right. Um, some people take 10 milligrams. I think for part of your wellness routine, five to 10 is really appropriate for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you've got some kind of a medical issue you're trying to deal with, say you have arthritis, or potentially we even have Parkinson patients that are using our soft gel capsules and they have medical issues. So mm -hmm. then they're using 25 milligrams per capsule. They might be taking two or three capsules a day to try right. to help okay. them with their diseases. But if you want it just for wellness and to just give you that overall benefit of, mm -hmm. you know, a little boost to your endocannabinoid system, yeah. Yeah. five to 10 is pretty good. Nice. Yeah, and I think out of a lot of the different administration methods, I mean, it's super convenient. You just spray it in your mouth. It's right. not like a tincture, I guess, where you have to keep it in your mouth and. This is just spray and it's already spray and go. It's super easy. You can do it with one hand pretty much. I have it in mine in my medicine cabinet. So as part of my morning routine, mm -hmm. I brush my teeth. I take a spray. As I'm doing my makeup, I leave that spray in my mouth. Yeah. And then I just swallow it as I get out of the bathroom. And then it's it's just nice. You don't have to worry about, you know, handling a drop or anything like that. So well, and they're super well. discreet. I know you guys have always kind of focused on, you know, older women and moms and right. grandparents and things like that. And you could put that in your purse and nobody's going to know. You're going to take a spray and you're going to be good. Right. And if you need more CBD during the day, you know, we, we're realizing one of the things that CBD is really good for is anxiety. And one of the demographics we're going to start working on is individuals that have to do public speaking. Ooh. Social anxiety yes, is I a big it. thing, right? A Jared wants to be a All right, Jared, tester. you're going to be I'm my down. tester. Let's, let's work on this. People on the podcast are like, what are you talking about? But I'm telling you, that's why I'm on a podcast. You don't have to I'm, face people. I don't have to face people. So you are a social introvert, I'll bet, right? Fear. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, but I want to speak. But okay. I, I like want it, but it's like, it kills me. I'm like, you so, can do it. You can do it, but you've got to get over that anxiety. Crippling anxiety. Right. So there's been some clinical studies mm -hmm. now that they're starting to look at this, and CBD only mm -hmm. is helping people with that anxiety of public Jeez. speaking. So I'm thinking, you know, part of our target reach <laughs> on that will be college kids that have to get up and do presentations. Right. I was about to talk about the last time I had to give a big presentation. <laughs> you know what I did? I took a shot before I had to go <laughs> and give a speech. And I, I was like, I was like I this cannot you. be a good alternative. <laughs> I, I taught in the CU system for a long time and at the end of the semester you'd always make your kids get up and do a presentation yeah. and there was I'll never forget this one kid he got about two minutes into his talk he's like 
I, I gotta just stop. I can't do it. He was so oh. nervous. Oh, I said, let's just take a break, you know, and we'll come back. But it's real for a lot of people it and is, it's yeah. disabling. And so if we can use CBD yeah. to help with that, it'd right. be great. That's really great. I love I'm that. I'm 100% behind that. All right. Because that's a thing. That's, that's totally a really thing. thing. It yeah. is a thing. That's a thing. I feel yep. you. And I, I guarantee you there's plenty of people out there that are like, oh my God, I can't, yeah. I'll be at your door. When it's, when yeah, it's we're actually going to start doing some studies with the University of Indiana there to look go. at this. Cool. That's yeah. fun. And yep. I love that it's, it's in a university setting too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Great. Yep. That's appropriate. Cool. Well, count me in. All right. That's exciting. All right. Well, let's move to the elephant in the room. Let's start talking about the vaping crisis. I know you guys just launched your vapes, which I'm so excited to try because honestly, you know, when everything started coming out with the vaping crisis, it was concerning us. Like we have a whole package, like a whole package of vapes and we're like... What are we supposed to be should doing? Should we use them and should this we use them? This is not good, yeah. you know? We I, were concerned. Well, I think it was justified. Yeah, and because there's there's a lot of benefits to vaping. Um, I mean, I don't vape a lot, but when I'm out and about, it's really discreet. I don't have to smoke a vape car. Uh, when I travel on airplanes and go to other states, California or something for business, uh, really easy and discreet to travel with. And so there was a number of things we were concerned about. So we were like, well, it's going to take out a ton of you know, social consumption, which is obsolete as it is, you know, <laughs> and then um, traveling, what do you do when you travel? Right. It's, it's a big reason why vapes made such a big, you know, movement in the market mm-hmm. because people love how discreet it is. You're not breathing smoke into other people's faces. You can use it when you travel. It's mm-hmm. super discreet. Um, I think most people were concerned when they started to hear about, you know, sometime late summer, there was an you know, a lot of news coverage around this, what's happening in, and there wasn't a clear distinction. Is this an e-cigarette issue? Is this a cannabis issue? Right. So I think what where we're at right now, and I want to give Leafly a big shout out for this because they have a great group of reporters. They did a deep dive into this recently. And so if you, if you have access to Leafly, um, there's a great article looking at why did this happen? So I think there's two pieces. Yeah. The first piece is what happened, mm-hmm. and then the second piece is why did it happen? So the what happened um, recently, you know, people have been vaping for a while. All of a sudden, we started to see case reports from medical groups. Hey, we're seeing individuals with what they were now calling E-Valley. So that stands for its E-V-A-L-I, e-cigarette vape associated lung injury there's always an acronym for everything so that's the acronym that they came up with for this and part of that was difficulty breathing sometimes it was nausea associated with it so when people started going into the er's they thought maybe it's bronchitis and pneumonia and they would do a lung x-ray that you would do for pneumonia but there was no bacteria that they could ever recover from this so there was something else going on and it started to raise concerns starting in september we had the first deaths that showed up Um, Recently, in the last couple of weeks, there was a 17-year-old that had a double lung transplant. Oh, wow. And when you looked at the x-ray of this kid, normally when you look at an x-ray, it's it's dark. I mean, it's white where the air exchange Mm -hmm. is happening. There was nothing. There was no air exchange at all. So they were giving him IV oxygenated blood to try to keep him alive until they could find a set of lungs to help oh this kid. That's scary. That's really, so scary. really scary. And the main culprit that the CDC has 
identified in the pulmonary liquid of, I want to say it was over 75% of the individuals that have, they've tested that died, was vitamin E acetate. So vitamin E acetate is something normally found in topical products. Mm -hmm. You would put it in a skin product. We have vitamin E, vitamin E acetate in our topical salves. So it's kind it's, of like a normal household. It's a normal, it, use it for antioxidant purposes. That's okay. why you would use it. You could use a vitamin E capsule, but vitamin E and vitamin E acetate are different things too. Vitamin E acetate is a synthetic product not to be put into the lungs. So what looks like is happening, we're having this Evali crisis because someone decided it was a good idea to cut THC uh, cannabis oils for profit motive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It basically comes down to the viscosity, okay, how fluid the THC oil is. If you've ever seen THC oil, you know it's very viscous. It's mm -hmm. like molasses. Mm -hmm. You cannot pull that through a vape cartridge. So yeah. now I'm pulling our cartridge here. It's pretty thick when you have just THC oil and terpenes in there, but it's but it's smokable. Mm -hmm. The viscosity of vitamin E acetate mm -hmm. is the same as cannabis oil. Interesting. Oh. Okay. So what they were able to do you know, if you cut it with something like propylene glycol mm -hmm. or polyethylene glycol, people were following the little bubbles and seeing how liquid it was, and they knew they were cutting it. Now, this is all, now we're all talking all black market at this point, yeah. because this is not something yeah. you find in a legal dispensary. So they were cutting it um, with propylene glycol and polyethylene glycol. People realized this, and they were like, hey, <laughs> someone came up with this great idea because there was a paper that had been published about looking at vitamin E not for this use though, but there was an individual in LA that said, I'm gonna create this product and it's called Honeycut. Hmm. Honeycut was vitamin E acetate, but they were selling it by the gallons to people making vape carts illegally. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so crazy. So yeah. these vape carts then went all over the country, black market, and that's why we were seeing this crisis. Um, have we they got this guy? Do they know who this source is? So they know, they know who this individual is. I'm not sure at this time if he has been apprehended. Uh -huh. um, he might have fled the country. There was, there was actually three companies that got, uh, I want to say, um, brought in for questioning about different vitamin E acetate products they're making. Leave it to say we will not be ever using vitamin E acetate in any you know legal stream, and it's actually been banned in the state of Colorado because we recognize this, along yep. with a couple of other additives. But this goes to the whole additive issue of, mm -hmm. you know, when you have vape cards, what are you putting in those products? Mm -hmm. And in our line, it's only cannabis oil and then cannabis-derived terpenes because we want to pr um, preserve what the plant is like. So we have a low amount of terpenes in there like you would find in the plant. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some of the carts might have 20% terpenes. So you might want to know what percentage terpenes are in the carts. Mm -hmm. People are using you know, different kinds of products. But back to the vape crisis, I think there's a second issue that we haven't resolved yet. And that is when the state of California legalized cannabis, they left a lot of players out um, and what I mean by that is, you know, not everybody got a license or it was too expensive and people decided they didn't want to go into the legal channels. 
and that didn't stop them from still making oil products. So those products are now available on the black market, and some of the recently tested black market oils have very high levels of pesticides in them. 100 times legal limit kind of thing. So those pesticides, when you heat them up, can create dangerous products, particularly if it has Eagle 20, which is banned in the state of Colorado, um, when you heat that up, it's potentially able to break down to cyanide. And so when they started doing pathology on these individuals that are dying from this vape crisis, they're seeing chemical burns in the lungs, reminiscent of what you would see with a nitrogen mustard gas. This is not a normal thing. And I don't think I don't think the vitamin E acetate is the whole story at this point. I think we still need to understand when you start heating at high temperature, these pesticides, what also happens. Well, I think you're so right, especially at the beginning. They're like, oh, is it vitamin E? Is it this other thing? There were so many options that it could be. And now it's still like, oh, we really think it might be vitamin E acetate, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. maybe it's heavy metals now or maybe it's the technology. And so, yeah, you're probably there's other things still going on. There's other things. And And I think, you know, we need to separate ourselves from what's going on with e-cigarettes too because we're getting bundled into that whole situation and and we don't want to be a part of what they're doing with their additives because they routinely are using propylene glycol polyethylene glycol um, mct oil vegetable glycerin and i think there's some questions about those substances leading to um, lipoidosis which is a condition where you have lipid droplets in the lungs which can lead to pneumonia too so that's a totally separate thing, um, and I think this is one of the reasons Juul is backing off a lot of the stuff they've been doing because they're starting to see potentially this this effect. Um, we're not we're not seeing that lipid pneumonia issue on the cannabis side. We're seeing <laughs> we're seeing these problems that are you know really devastating. So I'm hoping with the cleaning up of the black market, it will it will fix a lot of these problems. And yeah. I think the more broad issue in the U.S. is if we legalize federally, then we may not have these problems. Because if you look at the states that had the most incidences of these vape um, patients, it's not the legal states. It's all the illegal states. So you legalize, people buy through the legal channels. There was only one individual to date that they've identified that was in Oregon that was using a vape cartridge he had purchased in a legal dispensary. What they're not revealing yet is if that cart contained vitamin E acetate or not. Hmm. So it would be nice to tie that all together, yeah, but I don't think we know the information yet. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's refreshing to look at the uh, the approach that regulated states, their um, either cannabis control commissions or their marijuana regulators, the steps that most of them took to uh, immediately kind of either quarantine products or take steps to, to ban additives just like the state of Colorado did. I know Massachusetts probably took it the furthest and they banned all vape products, rec and med. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did take a step back here recently. But I think that's refreshing because what that showed us is that the cannabis industry is it's a mature industry where people can take a step back and, and take a good hard look at their products. But at the same time, I think what we realize is that all these cannabis operators in the industry were already following appropriate guidelines and best practices. Whether they knew it or not, um, they were doing the right thing, almost all of them. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I'm seeing is some of the industry groups like the um, CCMA here in Colorado 
you know, kind of took a proactive approach and mm-hmm. said, you know, we recognize that there's some issues with some of these additives and we want to, we, you know, I'm part of that group. We set up front, let's ban vitamin E acetate. Let's not have propylene glycol available yeah. and MCT oil. Mm-hmm. Those are the three that we said, you know, we don't need to have these in our products. And I think that's just, uh, it's a gold cap to the industry and why regulation works because those things can happen. And then you have testing procedures put in place. And um, now I think we got labeling requirements for consumers now. So starting in 2021, consumers can look at their products now and have a better idea of what's in their vape products. Yeah, I think it's important to have every ingredient listed on the label. Like anything else, you want to know what you're consuming. And, you know, I think there's this... um, belief that if you buy something on the black market it's probably you know clean and safe and hello it's not you don't have any idea what are in those products but all of the products in the regulated markets both california and colorado every ingredient needs to be listed on the label Mm -hmm. and so you know exactly what you're getting you know the potency that you're getting and that's important it's been tested for pesticides Mm -hmm. and heavy metals so you can feel good that those substances aren't in there as well absolutely Mm -hmm. And I know there's some debate with, um, there's a huge debate over pricing, and there's a lot of people who just don't want to make that conversion to a regulated industry. Right. And I think, you know, I say to those folks that, look what's happening. Um, I don't think your health is worth the, worth the extra, you know, five bucks you may save on a vape card or something. It isn't worth it. It isn't worth the long-term health risk or risking your life. Yeah, I feel for the states that don't have the legal industry and the individuals that want to consume cannabis, Mm -hmm. I would say to you, you know, grow your own if you can. It's a better way than buying something on the black market because you know it would be safe and you're, Mm -hmm. you know, producing your own, although that may not be the most legal way to go. Right. (laughs) True, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess even further, I mean, ask, I mean, if you have to, if you're in a legal state, uh, ask your your dealer, I guess, or whoever you buy it from, you ask them questions. I mean, it's your health too, and... You know, there's nothing wrong with just, you know, caring about your health and caring about what you're consuming. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's why I was so excited when we heard Vera had vapes. I was like, oh, those are going to be safe. Like, yeah. You yeah, should get your hands on one yeah, of those. Yeah, you can feel. And that was the reason we put our name on it. We feel like these are a great product. It's a 510 thread mm-hmm. cartridge, which is really nice. And we personally tested them for heavy metals, and they're totally clean. So not nice. only did we have the third-party testing done, yep. We did our own internal testing on them to make yes. sure that they were clean. And um, we've been really happy with these products. So I'm excited for you guys to try them out. Me too. Yeah, we're excited. Are they only in Colorado right now? Right now okay. they're only in Colorado. Cool. Yep. This is our kind of beta test to see how they go. Nice. We're excited. Yeah, and excited for you guys to eventually launch in other states and, and kind of continue on. I mean, in a year, a lot has changed with Vera. And a lot of, a lot. A lot of good has come. And it's going to be crazy to see you guys in another year and see how much yeah we're excited about cbd because we can get a national reach Mm -hmm. it's that is the hardest thing in the cannabis industry is replicating your entire business state to state and so in order for us to really kind of grow the cbd business gives us that opportunity Mm -hmm. so we're going to work you know this year really hard on getting um, relationships we're actually in a subscription box right oh, now cool. with mm-hmm. a company called MyJane. Mm-hmm. focuses on women, and they're making a sleep box nice. right now. And so our restful sleep uh, product, as well as our lavender vanilla salve, are going to be in that first box. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of exciting for us, too. Those are two great additions. Well, I mean, and talking yeah. about an unregulated market and a black market, like CBD is all of that. It's even right. worse. That's it's, a whole nother Pandora's box yeah, of problems. I just wrote a, an article on this 
The problem with CBD um, right now is because, well, I will say, first of all, having the farm bill passed last December was the first step. Mm -hmm. And then recently the USDA made the hemp regs for cultivators. So they've got their first piece. Mm -hmm. We as manufacturers of of product will be under the rules of FDA. Mm -hmm. And so what we think the industry is going to do sooner rather than later is go to what's called GMP manufacturing standards. Mm. And that stands for good manufacturing processes. So it shows we've done it in a, in a very clean and safe way. And our facility is going into that process as well. Nice. But one of the things we've done, if you look at each of our boxes, you'll see that there's a QR code on each of that. Nice. So if you put your phone you on that QR code, it will take you to the certificate of analysis. Oh, wow. That's really nice. And that, the package. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with the certificate of analysis, that is a document, and it gives you the information about that product. So it's been tested, and it will tell you what the potency of our product is and let you know that it's a clean and safe product and it's traceable, and you'll know the lot that you're dealing with and when it was manufactured. So we like being able to provide that to our customers so they know that, oh, yeah, there is CBD in this yeah, product right. because – Unfortunately, there was a study that was just recently completed with a bunch of products and half the products had the labeled amount of CBD in them and then a quarter were below what was on the label, some containing zero CBD, and then a quarter had more than they said was in the bottle. So testing for CBD is not simple because everybody has their own matrix. So how you um, pull CBD out of a salve, for example, is really hard if you've never done that before. And you've got to develop the methodology to do that. And that's different than the method for a soft gel oh, and for a liquid, you know, and a brownie and you name it. Mm -hmm. So you have to have good testing labs that can do the work. And you have to be able to say, look, we put a lot number on here. This is traceable. You can know what you're getting. Um, yeah. That's sort of who we are. So we yeah. want to bring that level of, um, you know, it's just, it's, I think it's a higher standard than what's Absolutely. out there right now. We are actually doing our own testing of products that are out there, particularly on the consumer product side that are available in the uh, grocery store. Yeah. It's, it's all over the map. Oh, right oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. We've been yeah. completely <laughs> shocked by the places we've seen shady terrible cbd products yeah we like went Aces, to the cbd expo remember CBD all the candy yeah, like oh, oh. oh yeah and i don't like to me candy and cbd it's it like doesn't go together <laughs> because the reason you want to use cbd is as part of your wellness, wellness. modality yeah, right like you're using it because you want to give your endocannabinoid system a boost and you want the anti-inflammatory benefits or the anti-anxiety like we talked about it's it's not something you want to have with sugar right. so you'll notice a lot of our products too as well these are sugar-free gluten-free and mm -hmm. vegan so not all of them um are uh gluten-free some of them have you know different products in them but but for the most part they're all you know look at the label and see what's in there and, and you can see what's going on there yeah. and then why don't you just explain to consumers because these do have mct oil but they so do just have mct that. oil it is administered under the tongue so that basic matrix stays in place um, in the liquid area under your tongue there and then you absorb it into the bloodstream through the mucosa so you're not spraying it into your throat and having to worry about any kind of aerosolization with that so you're not vaporizing it either yeah so we're not vaporizing it either huge, so. exactly cool 
Well, thank you, Dot. I, I love talking to you. It's so great. And I love great to see, to see how hair has evolved. And it's super exciting. I love the new CBD line. Honestly, people ask us all the time about, you know, where mm-hmm. do you get quality CBD products? And now we have maybe two, two Yay, companies that I can great. assure yeah. that we can, you know, suggest to some people. I'm excited. I'm going to show my mom that sleep aid for oh, sure. Oh, awesome. That's great. Because um, she's a proponent of the THC mist. So. Oh, good. That'll be, that's exciting. And I don't know if you guys had seen this card before. This was a card we made about our THC mists and when you should use the different ratios. Oh, wow. Check this is something I saw that's the yoga fun. at the top. So I, I'm already loving that. This was now with thanksgiving coming up i just want to point <laughs> the out in-laws. the one to ten refresh spray is great for in-laws oh my there gosh. We go. We, so we if you're going to be in that situation it's a good one to have on hand <laughs> from solid. personal experience i can say it works well works well there we go <laughs> well we might have to just do <laughs> that i have to test it for myself yeah yeah i think there's a one-to-one in here too that you can have try nice. that one yeah <laughs> Well, thank you guys for the opportunity to come back. It was great to see yes. you at the studio in Littleton. Studio. It's great. You made it, yeah. <laughs> Next time we'll have to go visit you guys again down yep. there at the lab. At the so. lab. That's great. You can see progress. Cool. Well, we always appreciate having you on, Dot, and we always appreciate you sharing knowledge with our with our loyal listeners and everybody out there. I think um, you know, we're really grateful to have somebody like you in the industry and also somebody willing to speak with us and, and share what you know. Happy to do it, and it's great to talk to you guys. Thanks. Cool. All right, you guys, with that, I'm Lit. And I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. Welcome to Seed and Smith, the revolutionary brand that makes transparency and quality the foundation of their product line. Among these innovative products is their High Times Cannabis Cup winning Dart Pod system. These industry leaders are dedicated to including you, the consumer, into their everyday processes. Take the opportunity to engage and explore the workings of Seed and Smith with a full facility tour. To book a tour and more details, visit www.seedandsmith.com. Seed and Smith, crafted for all walks of life. Hey.